Welcome to As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. Today we're joined by Heart of a Coward frontman, Khan Tassan. Heart of a Coward's new record, This Place Only Brings Death, came out last Friday on a Rising Empire Records. Khan talks about discovering new metal and the transition into heavier music, moving to London to be involved in the music scene, how lockdowns nearly brought the band to an end, the journey of life that inspired the lyrics on the new album, and more. This Place Only Brings Death is an absolute banger start to finish, and if you like heavy music of any kind, make sure you add this album to your rotation. As the Story Grows is on Discord, Substack, and Patreon, three very different and distinct ways to get involved and show your support for the podcast. You could always leave a comment like Nothing to Fear did on YouTube for chapter 343 with John Ladd. Man, searching for Talbert Jensen takes me back. Great song. Leave your comment on your favorite podcast platform of choice and I'll read it on the podcast. Enjoy today's chat with Khan Tassan from Heart of a Coward. Where'd you grow up? Where did I grow up? Yeah. Uh, well, I was born in Turkey, uh, okay. in Istanbul. Uh, so I kind of spent like my first five, six years there. And then we moved, ended up moving to the UK uh, to the South Coast, um, a little small town called Poole. Um, okay. So I grew up there, but it's the sort of place where everybody just wants to get away from, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then I moved towards like London area uh, when I was old enough to. And then I've just stayed around there. Um, but now... In my thirties, I now live in Bristol. So, okay. like, yeah, 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 yeah. You you want to get to the city, and then you're there, and then you get a little older, and you're like, yeah, yeah no, it's yeah. cracked up to be so. I just yeah. go to a, a more relaxed city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what led your parents to immigrate to the UK? Uh, my, my my dad's Turkish, my mum's English, so it's kind okay. of like, yeah, yeah, it kind of made made sense and all that sort of stuff for them. So awesome, yeah. awesome. Mm. What was what was growing up like? Just like, what were you into? uh what was i into man like music uh music sports um like wrestling uh yeah. <laughs> like all sorts of things riding around in bmx just skating whatever whatever kind of came about um just not i wasn't really an inside kid i was always yeah. outside kind of i don't know climbing trees falling off stuff all that sort of thing you know had like yeah. one of those kind of childhoods um but then you know i, I got into I don't know, as you, as you did, like the gaming and stuff like that from there. And it all kind of developed. And and then, I don't know, when I was in my teens was probably like peak new metal era. So like yeah. that kind of like, yeah, really pushed me uh, into <laughs> loving music and kind of obsessing around that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah. Did you play sports like before like music took hold? Did I? Sorry, what? Did you like play sports before oh, music sports. Was called? Uh yeah, I mean only because you kinda have you kinda have to, don't you? Like as in just as like a I don't know what it's like in uh schooling in America or whatever, but like they just over here, 
as soon as you're kind of old enough, they stick you out in a field and you just have to go and like run around and do <laughs> things, you know, like, yeah, either play football, rugby, hockey, I don't know, athletics, all of that sort of crap. So like, yeah, ever, ever, ever since then, it's just kind of been a, a thing. And then I don't know, I guess I kind of got like into action sports a little bit when I was younger and less fearless <laughs> or yeah. no. Yeah. More fearless. Yeah. Until, yeah. yeah uh, and, you know, so I was kind of like BMXing and skating and stuff like that and doing like, I mean, small dirt jumps, nothing crazy, but yeah, you know, when you're a bit more, a bit more fearless doing all that sort of stuff. Um, Cause it was like a small town. You just had space to just go and ride your bikes and do shit. And, you know, it wasn't like there was a lot to do in that sense when you're just a teenage kid, you know? Yeah. 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 You talked about growing up peak new metal. Was that like big on the radio over there? I, I know how it was here in the States. I don't know what it was like over. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't big on the radio at all. Like, uh, in, I mean, some of my like earliest memories of like seeing bands that I then fell in love with was like late night MTV two, like, uh, you know, those weird little shows or like, yeah. was it Gonzo or something with like, um, Oh, what was that dude's name? I don't know. Yeah. But like, you know, those sort of like weird, obscure things, like where they do like all the heavy stuff. Like I remember seeing like Deftones, um, my, uh, my own summer or whatever was like mm -hmm. one of the first videos or something like that. And then like seeing, like hearing corn, like from a friend, like played me the tape. Okay. Yeah. Like, pff, I don't know, man, it's a long time ago, but yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't on the radio as much then you were very much trying to like, uh, go to, we had like a, a physical like music shop called oh, well, HMV or like our price and stuff. And you used to be able to go there, pick like the CD or the whatever, and then go and listen to it. Like at the little stand thing. Mm -hmm. And I just remember standing there for ages, listening to uh, life is peachy by corn, just being like, this is the <laughs> coolest thing. And then yeah, saving up your money and then going to get it sort of thing, you know? Nice. Nice. What was the transition then from like new metal into like heavier stuff? Heavier st uh, well, I can remember exactly the band that made me, progress and that's about a uk band called sixth i don't know if, if you if you know of sixth no, they're like know. a they're uh, over here they're like the pioneers of kind of like progressive metal to an okay. extent you know kind of like yeah just in well prog like prog metal like they they were they were wild i remember kind of first coming across them uh and it kind of blew my mind what they were doing um and then you know there's other other like heavier stuff like I don't know, Lama God, Machine Head, all of that sort of thing that kind of push Kill Switch, kind of push me further and further towards like the actual metal side of stuff. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What was the scene like in Pool and around there? Was there much oh, anything happening, or was it just yeah, just a zero? <laughs> Absolutely zero. Like he had like I don't know, fucking Big Dave's covers band that would be in the pub doing like I don't know, fucking Bruce Springsteen and shit like that. Just stuff yeah. that like you know, you're just the, not not the right sort of thing, but. Yeah, so that's why I pretty much had to just get away uh, as soon as I could, pretty much. To yeah, yeah. <laughs> were you playing any instruments at this time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can play guitar. I can play kind of drums, bass a little bit, and I, I, I can like mess around on the keyboard. But no, I never uh, got to a stage where I was comfortable like playing in like a band or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I can like hold down a few riffs and just like jam out some songs or something like that. But I'd never especially not now like there's no way i could like actually play <laughs> for example like a heart of a coward song at all i can play a few riffs or whatever and but yeah that's about it really. so yeah. no but yes if you see what i mean 
Yeah. Yeah. Guitar playing has, I feel like the last like five years progressed so far, so mm. fast where it's like down tuning and because everything's like on computers now, it's like you could do all sorts of shit. And it's just yeah. wild. It has got, uh, yeah. But to be fair, like recording technology, production technology, oh, yeah. live production technology, everything like tech within music has really like exploded and, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's helped, you know, it can yeah. make, make touring a lot easier, not fucking lugging heavy ass amps around and cabs and shit, or, or maybe you are depending on your vibe, you know? But, yeah. So were you in no bands until you moved to London? No, no, no. So I was, I was like, uh, in like school, terrible bands where we're trying to cover like, you know, things like Deftones, Rage, mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever, whatever, you know, all of that system of a down, all that sort of stuff. Um, so, and the only reason I really started singing was because no one else was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> no one else could do it. Like, so I just was like, I'll give it a go. And then, you know, it just went, it kind of went from, from there. And, and obviously it was absolutely terrible back then, but like, you know, the more you kind of do stuff, the more you learn and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. School bands. And then when I moved, uh, towards London, yeah, that's when I kind of got to get in the music scene a little bit more, meet m people, local bands and kind of build kind of the, I don't know, the network mm -hmm. from then really, if that makes yeah. sense. you uh, end up in no consequence aha uh well so me and harry so one of the guitarists used to work in the same pub together uh mm -hmm. and it was through the love of sixth that we were like that we became friends um and then through that he was like oh i've just joined this band like we're thinking of doing this thing would it be something you'd want to do uh and yeah it was it was it was through that um and then yeah then we ended up just it turned out i lived like two minutes from the drummer uh and you know like it just was like a, a weird little like oh okay cool like we're all living basically the same 20 minutes from each other like total you know so it was just yeah it was mad basically and then yeah that's where it all all started weatherspoons in guildford there you go all right <laughs> what? <laughs> what led what led to that band disbanding um life i think more than yeah. anything you know like it's just it's just one of those things where um you know, we're still very, very good friends. Um, mm. like the, the, I see the guys regularly. Um, it was just like, you know, life, I think like also with that band with no consequence, should I say, like there was one like creative person that kind of wrote like everything, you know, programmed all the, used to do it in MIDI, like mm -hmm. programmed all that, did all the production, did the mixing, did all that. Stuff. And Dan, like, uh, took on a lot of that responsibility himself. And when he lost his creative spark, it kind of just, Fizzled. the band yeah stopped you know so it was like there's no hard feelings no nothing like that at all like yeah the guy i like there's still some of my closest friends it just it just happens doesn't it like yeah yeah what then led you into a heart of a coward um well at, at the time i was working within like the touring circuit touring industry like doing tour managing merch like driving bands just doing whatever i could to kind of stay on the road and pay rent basically mm -hmm. um and uh, I got to know the guys because I kind of worked for them a few times. Um, and 
yeah, it was basically when it when it came about that they were. I was always, you know, no consequence, kind of like slowed down, and I was like, look, what's going on, sort of thing, and just basically was looking for different opportunities. And then when yeah, Heart of a Coward came up, um, it was actually Jamie that messaged me and said, like, listen, I'm gonna leave. Like speak to the <laughs> speak to the guys, uh, and then yeah, when I spoke to them, they were like, "Yeah, that's really good." Like I know we I know we're good friends, like we know each other or whatever. But like we're gonna do public auditions, no no like backhanded frenzies getting in. They were like, "If anything, you got to prove yourself a little bit more." So like <laughs> that was kind of the, that was kind of the situation with it. So nice. Were they already signed with the Rising Empire when you joined? No, 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 no. So they just come to the end of their uh, record contract with century media yeah um and then it was through releasing collapse with me that we ended up like speaking with a bunch of other labels and a rising kind of came to the top with what they offered and stuff like that so that's where that all came about You guys released the disconnect uh, summer of 2019. That is kinda, correct. Kinda, yeah, kind of got that record in right before COVID. Got got to <laughs> probably play some shows. Like, yeah. Do you feel like that record, like it had its time to to shine a little bit before everything shut down? Um. Yes and no. Yes and no. I don't. I don't feel like we really got uh, into the touring cycle of of the album. Um. So maybe it was like stunted in that sense. But like you know. There was, funnily enough, a song I wrote called "Isolation," <laughs> which is like the one of the well, one of the, the last tracks, maybe or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and yeah, that ended up getting track. like a bit of traction because because of what everybody <laughs> stuff, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of like a weird, like the yeah, I don't know, like a, a projection of what was coming. I don't know. I mean, you can blame it on me or whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Maybe probably did get a little, you know it didn't quite fulfill exactly what it what we wanted it to i don't you know but as it happens like what can you do yeah. like it's just one of those things like nobody knew what the fuck was going on and it just yeah it, the world just stopped didn't it for way more than what everyone thought was going to be like three months so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. what was at what point in there did you guys start writing a new record were there any talks of like uh, this might never we might never play again or like yeah 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 no there, there really was uh there was so um you know the, the the pandemic was obviously rough for a lot of people like uh you know people have lost loved ones all sorts of stuff like that you know so it's not it's um it was a really bad time for everybody and for the for the band especially uh you know three of us were working within the music industry and uh, you know events industry and that just like collapsed everyone like lost their jobs didn't know what was going on like it, it really and you know we li- we were literally on tour with with a band called Monuments like up until like the 8th or the 10th of March and then the UK shut down in the 20 on the 20th you know like it was yeah. like so like we yeah it, it was it was intense we just come from this high like um and then yeah everything just collapsed and on, honestly like it was a real time for half a cow like we were just questioning whether we actually wanted to do this you know was the industry going to come back um and it was only really until um like and also within that time uh 
Steve, our guitarist, was also like having his own like problems because he also worked in music, you know, having like major ups and downs with what was going on mm-hmm. and the uncertainty. And he basically decided he didn't want to come back, um, which is uh, absolutely fine. Like, you know, for whatever his, his reasonings were. So, you know, that was another thing, like, are we going to find someone that fits, you know, is there, is, is this going to work? Do we want to do this all over again? Sort of thing, you know? Um, but ultimately, uh, we came through the other side. We found, uh, Dan, Dan Thornton. Um, he's an incredible, incredible musician, not just an incredible guitarist. Um, and he really brought like, you know, just from the first demos from speaking to him, he understood mm-hmm. what Heart of a Coward was about. Um, and he kind of just offered different, a, a different approach to kind of what we, what was done before, because, one thing I will say about the disconnect uh, for me joining, looking back at it now, like I'm super proud of it. I love that album, like, and what it, what it achieved and stuff, but it's very much like the old heart of a coward sound with me kind of like trying to figure out where I fit within that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And there's certain songs that are just like bang on. And then there's other ones that just don't quite get there. Looking back at it now, you know, like at the time it was, we were all vibing with it, but yeah. you know, when you, when you look for hindsight's 2020, isn't it? So you kind of like, um, yeah, but now looking back at it, I just kind of realized that that was a bit of a situation. And, and before we even approached writing this time around, we were like, look, let's this, you know, there's a new vocalist, new guitarist, there's a whole new create, new creative approach. Like mm-hmm. this is like heart of a cow 2.0, you know, so it's a new change but not, but you're still leaning on the good, on the old stuff, but it's just like bringing in new, new, um, new elements to try yeah. and like change the band and progress the band really. Um, and I feel like we really nailed that with this, with this album. I feel like I feel a lot more embedded now, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 You guys had to sit and like figure each other out instead of learning on the fly. Yeah. 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 The new album is called This Place Only Brings Death. It's the opening track of the record. What led you to that title? Uh, life. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like um, it's like a, I don't know when I when I kind of write my when I write lyrics and stuff like that. I like to have like layers and and meanings within stuff, right? So you could just take it as like just the words. This place only brings death is just quite like a bleak statement, right? But mm-hmm. then within that, it's like a reflection on life. Everything has an end everything's cyclical you have no choice so live your life it's ultimately like where that led down the part you know and that's kind of what the, the the thread that goes through the whole the theme that goes through the whole album you know is like i i wrote parts of the album when i was in a pretty dark place you know pretty bad place mentally but then you kind of go back to your notes months later mm-hmm. you know like and you're like what oh, what did that mean like how did i and you're trying to like pry these different parts out of it you know and like going back into these weird places that you were in your head and trying to understand it and then ultimately write uh <laughs> write a song or like trying to make it sound like poetic or something you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of like it was a challenge but ultimately like yeah the album is about life and it's about you know living living your life whilst you still have the chance mm-hmm. because ultimately death is 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 like finite (laughs) yeah you know you don't have a choice it's coming 
Yeah. Do you think that concept was heightened because of the pandemic and 100%, lockdown? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, uh, you know, like I, well, as soon as we started writing and uh, again, you know, or like looking back at, because uh, I'm always taking notes like on my phone and stuff, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm like, whenever anything kind of inspires me, I just write down something, you know. And um, uh, yeah, when we kind of came out, everything that was everything I was writing, just there was nothing positive coming about it, you know, like <laughs> from, you know, the world was yeah. in a, a pretty bleak place. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like everybody's personal situations was in a pretty fucking bad place. Mm -hmm. The UK, it, the government has ruined this country, <laughs> you know, like it was just like from bad to worse to fucking even, you know, like to even worse than that, you know, like it was just, there was no way anything positive was coming out of my brain. Cause I just wasn't in a positive place, uh, you know, but again, like now, I can look back at those, you know, the lyrics and kind of all that sort of thing, but trying to create, you know, try, there's also a, a beauty within like the pain and within death, you know, like decay, for example, is trying to find like the beauty in life and like, you know, we're all destined to decay, but ultimately like whilst you have the time, live your life, you know, find your meaning in the meaningless basically is kind of, you know, the idea with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Who uh, came up with the concept for the album artwork? Um, that was, uh, it was a designer. I can't remember his second name. It was a dude called Remy. Um, okay. he, uh, was just someone that we kind of, we were just searching on Instagram, trying to find different artists and stuff that we really just liked their, their vibe and stuff. And it was just a dude that we reached out to. Um, and we kind of just sent him a bunch of lyrics, bunch of demos, uh, nothing visual at all. Um, and was just like, you know what what where where what do you think like we did it super early as well like usually like we do not things last minute but like the artwork is kind of like very later in the stage mm -hmm. but we found this artist and everyone was like yo what do you think about this so we kind of reached out and just got on it early and and his kind of the the what's the word like color scheme and what he mm -hmm. kind of sent over the as soon as we saw the figure and the red and the black it was like that's that's the one like i mean it, it ultimately red and black is just like <laughs> it's just you know, it's just a classic metal sort of thing you know but yeah. like yeah it was it was all through his lead and it was kind of like what do you want aspect like and we were just trying to bounce ideas back and forth with him and and he really helped us kind of create that visual aesthetic and then we were like cool let's have that feed through all the music videos all the album artwork all the single artwork you know it was like all our merch and stuff and so mm -hmm. we're just trying to like keep it all within this kind of uh well yeah. yeah that makes sense yeah yeah for sure albums out the 22nd what's the uh, rest of this year look like for the band yeah so we've got uh well the rest of the year um we've got the album tour uh which is a europe and uk uh headline run with a danish band called ghost iris and a uk band called the city is ours That's um ours yeah yeah they're great um so we're pretty much covering like the whole of europe uh, and then finishing up in the uk with the last show uh at the underworld um in london so yeah buzzing to do that uh but again it's been a while since we've been out since 2020 you know the world has changed uh will be interesting to see how things are affected now you know it's uh but yeah excited to excited to get out and play some shows again it's been it's yeah. been a while so yeah is the tour circuit like really crowded and packed over there still like i know stateside like everybody has been trying to tour for so long that it's just yeah. like, it's a bottleneck and the lower down you are in the food chain, the harder it is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's, 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 a, I mean, it's always been a struggle, you know, it's never mm -hmm. been easy. You don't just turn up to a venue and it sells out, you know, it's right, right. Like, you know, but, but yeah, for sure. Like everybody's still, you know, there's still a backlog on venues and still, you know, tours 
getting rescheduled or like you know for whatever reason they get postponed through illness or visa problems you know again like especially within the uk with the with fucking brexit and shit it's just made it more awkward for international bands to come in and more awkward for uk bands to leave as well so it's like it's um it's a bit of a mess when it comes to that side of things. But then also the other side to that is the fucking UK metal scene is thriving, yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. just insane when you think about how uh, backward the the kind of, I don't know, I don't want to get too political about it, but, you know, the lack of support for venues and financial support for musicians and stuff like that in this country compared to other places around mm-hmm. Europe especially is insane. But, yeah, the, the music is thriving in that sense you know across the whole board so uh, any genre really it's just it's pretty mad when you think about it yeah it's the same state side and it's like kind of crazy that people are still like music still gets into people and it's like even though there's no support system or it's just like you're on your fucking own if you want to create yeah yeah yeah. people still are like yeah i gotta do it (laughs) Mm. yeah i mean that maybe that's where it comes from you know just kind of being that's where the kind of drive and the passion comes from maybe Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening.